Welcome to the City Hill podcast. We really hope you enjoy today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about City Hill, please visit our website, cityhill.london. We've done three weeks where we've had a key message at a key time for key people, key workers. And first we looked at Teach Me Your Ways and we had a great week. You can look at that on our Instagram TV account and you can watch that online. And we had a great time and we gave away some Uber Eats vouchers, I think it was that time, to teachers. And then the next week we celebrated the heroes who work in supermarkets and that was so awesome. And we talked about the time that a supermarket worker changed the world. That was Moses, by the way. Um, and if you are thinking, what, he's not a supermarket worker, you got to listen to the talk because it was lit. And that's also on our Instagram TV. So you can just switch over and check that out at some point in the week when you're bored in lockdown. So this week, I want to talk to you about someone who is my favorite woman in the whole Bible. And for anyone who goes to City Hill London and has been around long enough, they know who it is. And, and that's 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 a kind of a drawing I did earlier. No, it's not me. I didn't draw that. But that is who it is. And we're going to get to their name in a moment. We're going to be carrying on reading through some of the Exodus account. I'm going to dip into some Bible and some storytelling in and around it. So just hang with the flow. So Exodus chapter 1, verse 15. Then the king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, one of whom was named Shipra and the other Pua, when you serve as a midwife to the Hebrew women and see them on the birth stools, if it is a son, you shall duppy that you, you should kill it. But if it's a daughter, she shall live. But the midwives feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt commanded, but they let the male children live. So the king called the midwives and said to them, why have you done this? And let the male children live. The midwives said to Pharaoh, because the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, they're very vigorous, they give birth really quickly before we get there. So God dealt with the midwives and the people dealt well with the midwives and the people multiplied and grew very strong. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families. Then Pharaoh commanded all his people, every son that is born to the Hebrews, you shall cast into the Nile, but you shall let every daughter live. Now, how did this escalate to such a place where there is this crazy fear that must have taken hold? Because in the beginning of the Exodus story, what we hear is that Pharaoh looked out at the people, the Hebrew people and said, they are many, they are strong in number. And if our enemies attack us, they will surely side with them and defeat us and conquer us. It was a crazy story. I want to just tell you something. There's a danger in they. There is a danger in the virus that we're encountering right now. But before this virus came, this whole motion of the people's attitudes towards Brexit and things like that, there is this mentality of they. And I want to emphasize this morning, there is a real danger in the mentality of the they mentality. They. As soon as we see people as they instead of us, regardless of any differences, we get ourselves in a very dangerous position. We see that in the Second World War. We see that today across our country. We see that with the, how people are treated as soon as the Brexit decision was made. Regardless of how you voted, regardless of whether you want to leave or you stay, that's not what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about there were people who saw the days. I was chatting to someone at the beginning of the year who their local um, Indian takeaway, he was chatting to the owner. He built a really good relationship with them. They had to go and eat there all the time. And one of the things that he said was that as soon as Brexit happened, someone came up to him and said like, well, you better pack your bags, mate. You'll be out of here, da, 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 and all that kind of stuff. And the guy was like, how stupid is that guy? 
I've got nothing to do with the EU. I'm from India. Man, that tells you there is an underlying danger in our society of seeing the days of this world, seeing they. And as soon as you get there, it's a dangerous place. So sometimes we read a text like this in the Exodus and we go, what? They will grow in numbers so you don't have to kill these kids. That's what happens. They is a very dangerous thing and it escalates really fast. Just look at the Second World War. It escalates quickly, seeing a people group as a particular problem. So we see in this story, these amazing heroic midwives who are named. The crazy thing is that they're named, but Pharaoh isn't. Pharaoh is the most powerful man in the known world at that time. And yet God doesn't list his name for us to remember, but he lists the name of the midwives. Did you notice with Boris Johnson how he nearly lost his life and he nearly died? He nearly died, didn't he, in hospital? He came out and he said the doctor's names and things like that. But the tears were welling up in his eyes when he mentioned the nurses' names. The people who stayed by his bed, making sure that he survived to see his newly born son. Congratulations, Boris. Really happy for you. But hey, listen, these women are the heroes in the story. They're where the real power lies in God's eyes. And that's why this Sunday, we are so happy to give away as a church. Hey, as a church in seven years, we've never taken up a single offering. We have generous givers who go to our church and give via our website, via the City of London app and via the banking system. We've never taken up an offering. We've never pushed anything around. People have given. And that's why we want to give because we believe the Bible says it's more blessed to give than receive. And so we're happy to give these Just Eat vouchers away to NHS workers because we've got so much love for you guys. You're absolute heroes and we're so grateful for all that you're doing for us. In the same way, I'm sure the children of Israel were so grateful to these midwives. But Pharaoh's plan escalates. If they're not going to do the job, we're going to do the job. And we're going to throw these kids into the Nile. We're going to kill these baby boys, let the girls live. We're going to breed these people out so that they no longer exist. We're committing genocide here. That's what Pharaoh decides to do. But then what we read on is we read this really strange thing, which is what comes into here with this picture. This picture here. Oh man, that's Pharaoh's daughter. Okay, she didn't have the City Hill logo on her. I can't lie, but you know, it's just pretty dope. So we put it on there. That's Pharaoh's daughter. So Pharaoh's daughter in the story, as soon as her dad makes this decree and says that all these baby boys are being thrown in the Nile, the next thing we read is so strange. She's heading to the Nile to bathe. Like Pharaoh's daughter doesn't bathe in the Nile. She has her own personal spa. She has her own personal luxury bathing area. She is a part of the ruling elite, the most powerful family in the known world. There is zilch, zero, nada reasons for her to go swimming in the Nile for a bath. It doesn't happen. But we read in Exodus that the very next thing is Pharaoh's daughter is going down into the Nile to bathe. Now we know this is peculiar and we know that something more is going on here because the next thing we see in that passage is her side chicks, the maidens, they're not even getting in the water. They are refusing to get in the water. They are on the side of the shore while she is in the water. If she was bathing, they would get in with her and help wash her. That's what their job is. Why are they there to not get in? It doesn't make no sense, y'all. So she gets in and she is bathing, it says, bathing in the Nile, something Pharaoh's daughter would never, ever do. Now, she does something so courageous and so amazing. 
Her dad has issued for the baby boys to be thrown in the Nile. There's nothing she can do to change that. Her father is the living embodiment of God among their people, the God Ra among the Egyptian people. She can't confront that. She can't disagree with that. She can't do anything about that. But what she decides to do is she decides to step down into the Nile and go take a look for herself. Some of the rabbis say that she went to the Nile and it was like a form of baptism. She was just cleansing herself away of her father's ideology and his way of life and his destructive plans. But I think it's a step further than that. I think it's, I think she goes there with purpose. I think she goes there with reason. I think she goes there with, with intentionality. I think she goes to the water going, the law has said that the baby boys have been thrown in. It doesn't say anything about taking them out. And this woman, she goes down there into the water and as she's bathing in a place she would never normally bathe, she sees something peculiar, something strange happening in the distance. She sees a basket. She sees the disturbance in the reeds. She sends the side chicks. She sends the side dishes, the maidens or whatever. She sends them to go and get and fetch the baby out. And, and Pharaoh's daughter pulls the baby out of the Nile. Now, we all know the story of Moses. We know where this leads to. We know the cray that's about to happen and kick off as a result of this. Moses' own sister, who put him in the basket and into the the Nile, going, I can't walk away. I've got to see what happens. I've got to see what happens. And she sees it comes straight to Pharaoh's daughter. And then she's going to look after the baby and she rushes over. Woman who will look after the baby. Let me find a Hebrew woman to nurse the baby, to nurse the child. And so that's what happens. She, she nurses the child and her mother comes and, 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 and Moses' mother and she nurses the baby and she looks after it. It's an incredible, incredible story. And Moses grows up in the most powerful household in the known world. It's crazy to think the difference that one person can make. You know, so often we find ourselves in situations where we're overwhelmed by the circumstance and think there's not really much difference I can make. There's not too much I can do about this situation. There's not much change that I can make. But that's never been true and it never will be true. You see, so often we look at the story of Moses and the, uh, and the story of the Exodus and the children of Israel being set free from slavery. And all the kudos goes to Moses, this great, amazing and powerful man, figure in the Bible who does something brilliant and amazing. But actually, there's a group of rabbis that I started reading some of their writings. And one of the things that they say is they don't attribute the success of Exodus to Moses. They attribute it to Pharaoh's daughter. They say this. They say that Pharaoh's daughter did not pull a baby out of the Nile. She pulled a nation out of the Nile. She pulled a nation out of the Nile. You and I so often have the mentality within ourselves that we say that doing this or doing that, what difference can I make in this circumstance, this situation? You and I can make an incredible difference. Nurses every single day are making an incredible difference. And actually, I want to point something out to you. You see, one of the big problems I've had with youth work over the many, many years is the government wants to do things revolving around solving knife crime initiatives and things like that. You can't prove, you can only prove and look at the stats for what takes place and someone being stabbed. You can't prove for anything to be avoided. You can't prove it. How do I prove that Timmy, when he was eight years of age, that I stepped in when he was in an abusive family home and situation, turned his entire life around? How can I prove he would have stabbed someone? But you know what? Maybe I did turn that kid around. Maybe there's a kid on your estate right now that you know their dad's not there or their dad is there and is very abusive. You could build a relationship. You can input in their life. You'll never know that you stop someone being stabbed. You'll never know you stop someone.
but you did. You know, I had a real privilege this year at the beginning of the year. I was up in Manchester for a work conference. It was like this Christian uh, youth work conference thing. And um, it was it was so, so cool. While I was up there, I remembered this kid who, when I was the youth pastor of a, of a church, um, I remember that he went there and I knew he was studying in Manchester because I bumped into him when he was back down in the summer. And so I sent him a message. Hey, buddy, how's it going? I'm up in Manchester. Like, it'd be cool if we could hang out. He's like, what are you doing tonight? I was like, oh, man, you know, cool. Yeah, it's my last night. We've got some time. So he came and he met up with me and we were hanging out. We had some drinks at the bar at the hotel. There's a few of my work colleagues chatting to him and hanging out. We had an amazing evening. It was so good. But as my colleague walked away to go to the bar to get another round of drinks in, this kid turns to me. And all night we've been catching up and talking about different kids that went to that youth group, different kids that I met from his high school where I used to do school assemblies about Jesus. And he said, Andy, I've got to say thank you. And I was like, what? What are you, what are you talking about, man? It's cool, man. Drinks on me. Is that, don't worry. And he's like, no, 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 I've got to say thank you. You see, do you remember when we were at school? Do you remember this kid, this kid, this kid? Well, this kid is in this dark situation. This kid is in a mess over here. And this kid is in a mess over there. And do you know what the only difference between me and those two other kids is? I was like, mm. he goes, you. You are the difference between me and those two kids. Every Friday night, I'd seen you at the school do the assembly. I went to your lunch club that you put on. But every Friday night, Friday night I went to Friday Night Live, the youth group you threw, while they were out doing drugs, and destroying their lives and their futures. If you hadn't put on Friday Night Live, I would have been with them doing drugs and getting involved in that kind of madness. Because of you, I'm studying medicine at university at this time. You see, it's the small things in the moment. I didn't pull him out of the park doing drugs. I pulled people out of their hospital beds when he's fully qualified and he's doing, that's what the difference you make. You see a kid in your area that you know whose dad isn't there and you step in or whose mum isn't there. You see a kid who you know is having it tough and you step in, you love them. You don't pull a baby out of the Nile. You pull a nation out of the Nile. And guys, this is a time more than ever that when this lockdown ends, there's going to be people who are going to need emotional, spiritual, physical support. There are people who are going to need to be having these interactions that are more meaningful than just a casual passing conversation. Kids are going to need help and support in all these situations. Wherever it is you are, you've got to start pulling kids out of the Nile. And I'm telling you, when you start pulling kids out of the Nile, you start pulling nations out of the Nile. Now, this, this woman, the reason she's my favorite woman in the whole Bible is this. I want to read to you something from 1 Chronicles chapter 4. 1 Chronicles chapter 4. Yeah, one of those dead passages of the Bible. Verse 17, the sons of Ezra, Jether, Mered, Ephah, and Jalon. These are the sons of Bithia, the daughter of Pharaoh, whom Mered married. What? The daughter of Pharaoh left with them in the Exodus. And throughout the whole of the Exodus story, she's Pharaoh's daughter, Pharaoh's daughter, Pharaoh's daughter. She has no name in it. And now she appears in Chronicles. That's not an Egyptian name. Bithia is a Hebrew name. She's got this new name, this new identity, this new life. Away from tyrannical abuse and a life filled with hope. A life filled with difference and love. And so Pharaoh's daughter goes from pulling a baby out of the Nile 
She doesn't just pull a baby out of the Nile. She pulls a nation out of the Nile. She doesn't just pull a baby and a nation out of the Nile. She pulls herself out of the Nile. She gets a new identity. She gets a new hope and a new purpose. I want to encourage you that when you start pulling kids out of the Nile, when you start pulling kids out of poverty, out of um, dangerous situations, out of abusive situations, as you start pulling these people out, one, you pull them out. Two, you pull the nation out. Third, you find out the person you pulled out the most is yourself. You realize you save yourself above all other things. And she gets given the name Bithia. Now, a couple of the rabbis comment around this name and they say that Bithia means daughter of God. And the Hebrew word for Bithia, daughter of God. So they say that God said to Bithia, Moses was not your son, yet you called him my son. You were not my daughter, but I call you my daughter. Guys, this week, when you're out and about, when you, you know people who are in your area, people who live near you in situations, kids you come across, families you come across, people you come across in need, I want you not just to be there in a passing moment. I want you to take ownership. I want you to say, you know what? You're not my son. You're not my daughter. You're not my fam. You're not my, my situation. You're not part of my group. But you know what? I'm going to make you part of my group because you know what? That's what God sees. I wasn't his kid, but he made me his kid. I wasn't a part of his family, but he makes me part of his family. That's how God sees you. That's how God sees me. I want to encourage you. I said about knife crime and you can't prove the knife crime stats because you can only prove the people who've been stabbed in knife crime. You can't prove the ones that have been saved from it because people's paths and destinies have changed and it's completely impossible to prove. I want to show you something else that's impossible to prove. Some of us have been getting cold feet in lockdown and we want to get out about and mess about and all those kind of things. You don't know how many lives you've saved by staying indoors. No one can prove that. No one can show that, but it's a fact. There are people that haven't caught this because you stayed in. There are people who haven't lost their father, who haven't lost their mother, who haven't lost their brother, their sister or their children because you stayed home. When you pull one baby out of the Nile, you pull a nation out of the Nile. And if we're going to pull this nation out of our Nile, if we're going to pull our nation out of our situation, there's a reason after Exodus, they got given the law of God at Mount Sinai, his instructions for their lives. There's a reason we've been given brilliant instruction by the government. And it's not just for ourselves. It's for everyone around us. It's for all the families out there that we need to protect and love on by staying committed. It's not about getting a towel and laying out in the sun if it's not your garden in some park somewhere. It's about looking after not just yourself, but those who are not your concern. There are loads of people who I've seen who've had this attitude that I'm young, I'm gonna be okay if I get it, that's great. But if you start spreading it around, what if it's someone else's mum or dad? What if it's my dad? What if it's your dad? Man, guys, I wanna encourage you today. Be a Bithia. Be a Bithia. Be a Bithia. Be a Bithia. She didn't pull a baby out. She pulled a nation out. I'm going to pray for us because I believe that every single person here watching this today, that God wants to use you to pull our nation out of our Nile in Jesus' name. I'm going to pray and that's it. Don't worry. I'll be going through DMing a few people who are new on here. Don't worry if I'm DMing you. I'm not creeping. Just checking out who's an NHS worker because we want to give out those dusty vouchers. B-A-Bithia. Okay, Father God, I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your love. I thank you that you pulled me out of the Nile but you pull people out of the Nile that they would pull others out of the Nile. I just pray today, Lord, that you would use this time with each one of us by the power of your Holy Spirit to help us to be people that pull other people out of the Nile. Father, you can't prove when you change a young person's life that you've helped divert all sorts of things 
that have happened, that could have happened. We can't prove today, Lord, that the time we spent inside have saved lives. We can't know their names or their faces, but it will have saved lives. Father, I just pray for our NHS, Lord, that you would protect the nurses who are doing such a fantastic job on the front line in our place, protecting us and keeping us safe. Lord, would you protect them? Father, we started off by looking at the midwives in the Exodus story, how they saved Hebrew boys from being killed. And it says that you blessed them, that your favor was on them and that they had families of their own. Father, would you bless the NHS nurses for what they're doing with something significant like that sense of family, maybe healing in their families and blessing and wholeness upon their lives in Jesus name. Amen. That's it. We're going to be back next Sunday. You can join us any Sunday. You are always welcome. And when we launch, you can always check us out. If you go to cityhill.london, our website is there. All the stuff we do is there. Our app is available on all good app stores. City Hill, all one word, Space London. And you'll find our app. You can download it. Stay in the loop. There's a prayer wall on there. If you want prayer for something, you can post it on there. And uh, we'll get praying for you. Love, guys. You guys are all amazing. Be a biffier. I'm going to be DMing people later in the day. If I don't get you straight away, just know it's my sister-in-law's birthday. It's my daughter's birthday tomorrow. So it's a bit of a crazy day for me. But we will be giving out those vouchers. We want to be a blessing. And you know what also I'm going to do? Like, yeah. I need to give some of these away. But I need to work out how I'm going to do it. Stay tuned. Make sure you follow our Instagram page. And I'm going to find out a way that we'll give away some of our Bithia Prince. Have an amazing Sunday, guys. Be a Bithia. We really hope you enjoyed today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about City Hill, please visit our website, cityhill.net. We are the light. 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 We are the